Dominic Carter, Talk Radio 77 WABC. I call issues the way I see them. I give it to you straight, not from talking points or political partisan spin, but have I got a bone to pick with progressives? I have a real problem with them. The sheer definition, from my point of view, of a progressive mayor, unfortunately and tragically means you give criminals a pass. In fact, to be a modern-day progressive, it means you embolden criminals. That is the reality of the situation. Why can't an elected official be a progressive but also stand for strong law and order? I don't understand the political strategy of being a progressive and weak on crime. Sure, you can pander and get elected, but then when it comes to govern and keep your city safe, then what? Lip service doesn't cut it. Why is it, and have you noticed, that in practically any city that is governed by a so-called progressive, crime is up? In real time, on a daily basis, we continue to see the demonization of public safety. You know the code words, say it with me. The foolish argument of defund the police. Here in New York, crime became the dominant issue in the race for mayor and remains the top issue due to a big spike in shootings and murders. And from progressive elected officials, you can almost hear a pen drop from their silence as children die, innocent people die, babies die. Chicago, the Bronx, Atlanta, Georgia, where things are so bad, the affluent community of Buckhead, that well-to-do community, is looking at separating from the city of Atlanta, Georgia. Shootings, subway attacks, hate crimes, dominating the headlines. And where is New York Mayor Bill de Blasio? De Blasio did play volleyball at Orchard Beach recently as his administration went to the Bronx for a week. Are you kidding me? And I'm not joking. We are all left to deal with anxiety and bloodshed, and de Blasio really played volleyball. Progressives came forward with defund the police. How well is that working? Not good at all, except to demoralize our police that we desperately need. These days, because of progressives, it looks like things are upside down. What's supposed to be good is bad. Rather than defunding the police, plainclothes units must be reinstated in terms of law enforcement. And we need some form of stop and frisk. I said it. Progressives, it's time to admit what is obvious. A major reason why Eric Adams won the Democratic primary, and there are many, but it is primarily because of his opposition, his opposition to the defund the police movement, the exact opposite of what you support. And joining us now is political consultant Hank Sheinkoff, who represents a number of police unions in New York City. Thank you so much for appearing, Mr. Sheinkoff. 
I'm happy to be here, Dominic. You know, I also represent Local 237 Teamsters, President Greg Floyd, certainly significant, and lots of other people. But uh, yeah. and, and, indeed, indeed you do. Let's begin this way. It is so disappointing on a personal level. Why are progressive mayors around the country not really dealing with crime? People are dying on the streets and gangs are more emboldened now more than ever. Well, look, the Jack Newfield may rest in peace, the late, uh, certainly a chronicler of life in this country and certainly in New York. Uh, once said to me, he said, you know, the Democrats are going to keep losing elections. And I said, why? He said, because they refuse to deal with crime. Crime is an issue that people want dealt with. And even the most progressives, you know, the people who live in fancy houses and uh, fund a lot of the progressive activities don't like being mugged. That's the first thing you'll find, that no progressive likes a gun put in their face and said, give me your money. The problem here is that people are talking about the root causes of crime, but talking about them and doing nothing, which tend to be the progressive reform way of doing things. The reality is, if you want to talk about how to deal with the problem long term, it's about housing, jobs, and uh, real things that have to get done, not about blabbering. And the other part you need is you need safe streets. It just doesn't work any other way. So, Hank Scheinkoff, is this a matter of denial? There's something else going on here. You know, something I... Uh, you know, among the great uh, thinkers of the, there were lots of great thinkers in the 20th century. One was a fellow named Leo Strauss, who was an emigre from Nazi Germany, uh, like Hannah Arendt and a lot of others. And one of the things I think he talked about in a dense philosophical treatise was to say, look, the left likes being very, uh, virtu it likes being very virtuistic. And, um, and the battle is to protect those virtues, not necessarily to protect the society at large. And what that creates is tension between the right and the right and the left then go in battle and the average person gets caught in the middle and smashed around, which is exactly what's happening right now. Will this only harm the progressive agenda and potentially cause swing voters to pull the lever, if you will, for Republican candidates? The problems of the cities have always been an enticement to people in the suburbs to vote Republican. What we're going to see and what we saw in the 2020 election was an increase, not insignificantly, of Latino so-called voters, Latinx, whatever you want to call the group, um, voting for Donald Trump, which tells you they're afraid of something or they're responding to something. The in increased crime that is now spreading into the suburbs may in fact result in increased numbers of people voting for independents or for Republicans or independents that help elect Republicans. That is not an inconsequential event. It may happen across the country, which means that were you a Democrat in control of the House of Representatives, you should worry about where your next office is going to be. Very good point. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy says, crime is soaring in cities managed by Democrats. Hank Scheinkoff, it sure feels that way. Well, look, based upon statistics alone in New York, we can say without question, that shootings have, are, have, have reached extraordinary levels. This uh, past couple of weeks in New York City over weekends, they've been shooting frenzies. I mean, people are getting shot. You had 10 people shot in Queens in one evening alone. The Bronx statistics are the most astounding. Um, where the poorest, this may be among the poorest places in the United States of America. Shootings, murders, um, crime is up exponentially. So what's the progressive response? Until someone gets murdered downtown, in front of someone, even in Times Square, it's what we've seen. Until there's a murder of somebody that's closer to home, we're not going to see any action. And generally, the action upon progressives who can afford to do so, or so-called reformers, is to move. They're very good at that, but they're not very good at demanding action. 
I don't understand this strategy, telling voters to relax because crime was much worse in the 1990s. Seems to me that won't cut it, Hank Scheinkoff. Well, especially now when people can leave. You know, the argument is, and this is the craziest thing, in the 70s, um, people would say, you know, things are out of control. We need to, we're going to leave. And, you know, the politicians would say at that time, you know, oh, no, you're really not. You have to stay here. But they didn't. They left. Population plummeted. In the 80s, they said the same thing. Uh, you know, it just people don't have to stay. There's no reason to stay. They don't want to pay the taxes. They don't have to pay the taxes. They don't have to tolerate the garbage on the streets, which is outrageous. They don't have to tolerate the homeless in their way and say it's a wonderful day. They're not social activists. People are paying taxes because they demand services. They don't demand fealty to a virtue, virtue, virtue kind of virtue kind of a driven philosophy. That's not who they are. Hank Scheinkoff, you've been around a long time advising and electing mayors, working on the state level, working, in fact, internationally, internationally, international clients. How will history judge Mayor Bill de Blasio? He will be respected for his uh, for the for the uh, universal pre-K program. He'll be seen as someone who tried to hoist a progressive agenda despite the corruption scandals involving him, his consultants, lobbyists, and others. Um, he will be seen as a well-intended person who was in the wrong job. We are being unfair to Bill de Blasio. Really are. Why? He wasn't elected to be a mayor, and he never saw himself that way. He is a political operative. He is the acme of the permanent campaign, and he is the residue of the permanent campaign philosophy that has grounded American politics, certainly since the mid to late 80s. He is the functionary of that, of that kind of thinking, i.e., he's a strategist, he's a political consultant, but he's not a mayor, and we're asking him to be judged as a mayor. We can't. We need to judge him as a strategist. And you know what he's done? If you think about the last few months, He's rehearsing his his, uh, his fourth act of his mayoralty. He's done a pretty good job at doing that. The choreography is excellent. Him on the baseball field, him talking to voters, him talking about COVID, him being a much much more out front. Nothing, not much being accomplished, but it's the choreography that matters, not the act itself. And that is a lot of what our politics become: choreography, blabbing, getting nothing done, and watching people leave, and then blaming the rich for the problem. How will history judge de Blasio when it comes to crime? When it comes to crime, he will be judged badly. And when people talk about police reform, they will be judged badly. And when they talk about closing Rikers Island, they will be judged in a mixed fashion. The failure to deal with the mentally ill population of New York City, people who have chemical issues and others, um, and where the city has become the place where they can find themselves, is among the great tragedies of our time. Rikers Island has become a, a, a jail or a prison for people serving under one year which is the law, by the way, it's become a mental facility for people who need help that we should be providing. Instead, we're having something else. And then we're releasing people from the from Rikers Island onto the street who are doing what they used to do, which is killing people and shooting. If you look at the number of people, the number of, of uh, gun crimes, I think there's one stat that's most astounding. And I think the last quarter of 2020, there were 90% uh, of all gun collars were tossed. They were thrown out at, uh, at, in, at arraignment, which is kind of crazy when you consider what's going on. And if you really want to get really want to get granular about this, you look at the number of people. Uh, there was one. Uh, there were three people arrested. I guess the last month, 75 arrests between the three of them. Two were arrested previously on gun crimes. They came went out in the street and guess what they did? They killed people. I mean, we're asking progressives are asking for somehow a, um, a new light to be turned on to a new room and you'll see uh, you'll see a different furniture. But that's not the case.
we can't deal with the long-term problems unless we can't deal with the long-term problems and we're not going to deal with the short-term problems which is you want to create housing you want to create jobs you want to create a liberal environment you also have to create a safe environment simple race for mayor uh size up the candidates first republican nominee curtis lewa curtis lewa is a very interesting dynamic smart committed new yorker who frankly uh, put himself on the line several times and the gaudy 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 gangsters i believe but tried to kill him that's simple you know we got to look at who he is is he competent to be mayor well, we've had worse but but then he's running against Eric Adams, the Democrat nominee, who is uh, on paper, certainly and by action, much more qualified and competent to be the mayor and uh, someone that uh, that America will be paying attention to. Adams, as a centrist on crime, uh, deliver of services and being able to do that for progressives and others across the board, and an outer borough, blue collar black man who is a former police officer, presents an interesting dynamic for national politicians. He's the opposite of Lightfoot in Chicago. He will actually deal with the crime problem. She can't. So therefore, the progressive argument that somehow liberals think or white progressives think is only belongs to uh, black people because they're going to tell them what to do doesn't fit Adams at all. And this colonialistic approach by progressives where they know best, they know what's best for people in the minority community and for blue collar white people like me who came up with nothing is most astounding. Adams represents the repository of what can occur question is, when do the political people in this operation get out of the way, shut up, and when do policymakers show up? For a different question. I close this way, Hank Scheinkoff. How is this fall campaign between Eric Adams and Curtis Lewa going to look? I mean, we have many more months before the election in November. The Republican automatically starts at an extraordinary disadvantage because there was a six and a half to one registration edge for Democrats. The likelihood of them of a Republican being elected um, in New York City is rather slim, except in Staten Island. When you consider that a mere what is it, 30 years ago, the east side of Manhattan was a Republican bastion. Republicans were, were elected in Brooklyn and parts of Queens. Something wrong with the picture. Um, we need we really do need uh, bipartisan government, which would create some tension on the Democrats and others to do more for people all over the state. But that's for another day. What does this election look like? You must give Adams the edge, and you have to believe that the media, people in your business, Dominic, will be paying much more attention to Adams because he's the more likely winner of the contest. And everything he said will be parsed, and everything he says will be used by Curtis Lewa as an attack when, when it makes sense. And that will and Sliwa will then become the master of coverage only as it applies to the attacks he can land on Adams, trying to force Adams to respond to what Adams will do. Adams is among the most disciplined people we've seen in public life in some time. He just stays to what he needs to do. He doesn't really care what's going on around him. There's a very strong center, and he remains there, and that's what he will do. Keep talking about what people want to hear, crime and the redemption of our city. Political consultant Hank Scheinkoff, thank you so much for joining us. Pleasure, Dominic. Thank you for having me in. And I want to close with Olympic athlete Simone Biles. Her decision to remove herself from the Olympic gymnastic events over her mental health welcomed a firestorm of reaction. And it is so unfair to attack this young lady. It's just not right. Yes, she made flying through the air look easy, but it is not easy to do the routines that she does. Biles is the greatest gymnast in history winning four gold medals. What is not easy to deal with mental health 
especially when you consider the stigma surrounding it. Many, many people suffer in silence with mental health issues, and that is quite sad. Rather than attacking Ms. Biles and calling her things like a traitor to her country, a quitter, and making claims that she is taking someone's spot on the team, we need to support her, especially now at her time of need. Have we stopped for one second to think about maybe this young lady can't perform right now and could seriously hurt herself trying to do so? Here is the silver lining. Because Ms. Biles and people like tennis superstar Naomi Osaka have placed a greater emphasis on mental health, it will make it easier for other people dealing with such problems to come forward. And one day, perhaps, we won't be so quick to criticize people that are crying out for help. Ms. Biles' well-being comes first, gold medals second. I'll see you the next time, and you can listen to me each weekday on Talk Radio 77, WABC, midnight to 1 a.m. And if that is too late for you, there is always the daily podcast of The Dominic Carter Show that you can download and listen to at your convenience. I'll catch you the next time. Dominic Carter, Talk Radio 77, WABC.